Hello, hello, hello. We are back and better than ever. Yeah, as you may notice, the scoop is back, but it's in an all new form. I'm not writing anymore. I'm not taking all that time to write those documents, those newsletters. If no one's going to read it, well, most of you read it. And the thing was, you know, as some of you may have heard, my, my, my feelings were legitimately hurt when I discovered that, you know, a couple of our members weren't regularly reading the scoop or even checking it out at all, you know, Matt and Nate. So I approached them, you know, outside of the group chat because I'm a professional. And I said, what's up, guys? What, what's, what's wrong with the content? What can I do to make you more engaged in this process? And they told me, Dan, it's not that we don't read it. It's that we can't. And I realized, yeah, it's 2019, dude. You can't just assume that everybody knows how to read, that everybody still remembers those bullshit reading classes in high school. You can't assume that. That's the world we live in. The future is fucking podcasts, dude. There's only like 30 podcasts out there, and everybody wants more of them. So yeah, I'm making a podcast for this football league, for nine other people. That's what I'm doing in my spare time. But I don't do it. I told you this at the draft. I don't do it for money. I don't do it for fame. I don't do it for sponsorships. I do it for love. I do it for friendships. That's what it's all about. And that's what we're going to cultivate here. Okay? So, weekly, I'll be dropping this shit. Hopefully. We'll bring back a lot of the old segments in the newsletter. The one thing that kills me is... The memes and the stuff, and they're not going to translate that well to audio. But you get tone. You can listen to this on the go, listen to it at work while you shit, while you masturbate, you know, wherever, dude. So it's all good. So today, we're going to start off. We're going to recap that rookie draft. We're going to go through some of the picks. I'm going to share my thoughts on them, you know, because I know that's what you want to hear. You might look at your team and say, I, I think I did a good job, but... Until I know what Dan thinks, it, it doesn't matter. So yeah, we're not going to go through all these. As we discovered very quickly, rounds three, four, five, and so on, we're pretty fucking thin. But I'll give my grades for at least the first two rounds and comment on those and some of the moves that went down. And then just generally, we'll look at the whole thing. And uh, it'll be a good time. So let's strap in. So first round, first overall pick. We have Matt taking Kyler Murray. Uh, I think generally, no surprise there. Uh, he was pretty much the clear 101, even in regular rookie drafts, probably. You could make an argument for that, but definitely super flex. And, uh, you know, we have to remember that Matt is rolling with Josh Allen, Derek Carr, and Eli Manning. So this draft was all about quarterbacks for him. Uh, I really kind of didn't know what to expect because Matt's a wild card. And for those of you who uh, were here last year, remember he came late to our startup draft had the third pick, ran to the table, and put Christian McCaffrey's name down. That threw us all through a loop because essentially most would have him ranked at that time as a second rounder. I mean, but a year later, no one's laughing at that pick, right? He's a top three dynasty asset easily. Of course, let's not give Matt too much credit because in his next round, he took Jordan Howard. But um, yeah, I mean, this was just a good pick. Um, I'm glad he didn't do anything stupid. Quarterback was the biggest need, so I give it an A. All right, next pick we had Dave. Um, second pick overall, taking Josh Jacobs. This was originally my pick, 
So give some context here. Uh, we made a move. Dave made a move to get concurrent picks, uh, two and three in the first round. And I was very confused about what his goal was. You know, I was thinking, does he really want one of these other quarterbacks aside from Murray? Is he hoping that Matt does something strange and Murray falls? Um, or I was thinking, is he just going to take Homer picks? Does he really believe in Henderson? Does he really believe in Harry? Uh, so, you know, I was honestly kind of surprised to see him take the two backs, but I think that makes sense. I think that's the move there. So just for context and getting into the terms of the trade, so I give Vance McDonald, uh, Marquise Goodwin, Ito Smith, two guys I was going to end up dropping to move to five and then end up taking Miles Sanders there. Dave gives me Calvin Ridley and then takes Josh Jacobs. In, in my opinion, I, that's, I destroyed that trade. And I, I think that Dave, in spite of being confident in his picks, might feel that way too because I know he was feeling pretty sore about losing Ridley. I know he was a big fan of his. Um, you know, And also, I, I know that he was worried if I had stayed there, I would have taken Josh Jacobs. But the fact is, I would have taken David Montgomery. I have um, kind of in, in a seasonal league, I definitely see um, Jacobs and Montgomery uh, outperforming Sanders, but for me, lifetime value. Um, Montgomery and Sanders were kind of like 1A, 1B. Jacobs was a clear second. So I give that one a B- minus because I finessed him. All right, third pick. So this is Dave again. He gets this from Drew. All right, so the terms of this trade I think are important for context. So Dave gives Duke Johnson, Dalvin Cook, and Jimmy G, um, and then uses that spot and then and essentially gives away A.J. Brown because that's who Drew takes. And Drew gives him David Montgomery here, but then also Stephon Diggs and Robbie Anderson. When that deal first went through, I, I thought that it was a good move by Drew because clearly quarterback and running back are his two big needs. And he's got potentially uh, RB1 and Dalvin Cook if he can stay healthy. He's got um, an exciting prospect in Duke Johnson, made even more exciting over the fact that Lamar Miller tore his ACL. And he's got Jimmy G, who there might be some doubts about him, but it's certainly better than what he's working with, which is like Sam Darnold and Case Keenum. So I liked it, but you know, I thought the Stephon Diggs and the Robbie Anderson was maybe too much. Um, but how I look at it now, and just the value of those running backs, and the fact that Drew has uh, Odell and DeAndre Hopkins. So wide receiver was, you know, the obvious call to ship off. So I like that move for Dave, and it makes losing Ridley hurt less. Um, and I like it for Drew as well. The one thing that I think could have made the deal even better for Drew, and I think in my opinion would have given him the edge, is if he didn't take A.J. Brown at seven, but we'll get into that. As for Dave's pick, I think it's an A. I think it was a, this was the more even of the two trades, um, and I think Montgomery is a, a really good prospect. Okay, so four goes to Nick, Nikhil Harry. Uh, yeah, I give that one an A. I thought that was a pretty good move. Um, you know, he's pretty thin at wide receiver, uh, but this team, it's clearly in rebuilding mode, so that's fine if he did, you know, develops over the course of a season and also you know one of his surprisingly one of his most valuable wide receiver aspects assets right now or even one of the most intriguing ones is Josh Gordon and this is kind of insurance for Josh Gordon I don't know how the two of them will work that well together but I've always kind of seen Josh Gordon as more of like a deep threat 
filled stretcher, super fast kind of guy. And from what I can tell about Nikhil Harry is he's just such a big body. He's that big threat in the, uh, in the end zone. So actually maybe they could complement each other nicely, but how many more years you have with Brady? They're talking about him selling his property in uh, New England. So I don't know how that happens. Okay. Now it comes to my pick. This is where I take Miles Sanders. It's my pick. It's an A+. Um, for me, I loved Sanders. I loved Montgomery. I was happy with either of them. I would have loved to get both. Um, I thought the deal with Dave was a was an easy call on my end, so take that all day. Um, I actually thought I'd have my choice between Montgomery and Sanders there. Uh, I, I was trying to play it out in my head, but I guess I thought that another quarterback would have fallen uh, in the top four along with Kyler, and that would be the difference, but clearly that didn't happen. Okay, next pick. Eric's on the board at six. J.J. Sega whiteside This is my first A+. Eric's top two receivers are Robert Woods and Allen Robinson. I think when we're grading these drafts, we have to look at positional need. Um, his top two running backs are Chubb and David Johnson. The, the running back is clearly the stronger duo. So I think focusing the first round on a receiver is the move. Um, and I... I I've heard nothing but really good things about Jaws. Um, the fact that you're tied to a really good organization, uh, great GM, great coach, good young quarterback, and a pretty thin depth chart receiving-wise. I mean, hopefully Sanders can get some work catching the ball. Jordan Howard's never been a pass catcher. Obviously, you have Ertz. He's one of the primary weapons, but he's getting up there in age, and you know there is some talks you know, about uh, what the future might look like for him. Alshon Jeffrey's up there in age. Nelson Aguilar was a candidate to be cut, some were thinking, just for cap space. So this is really a, uh, a very easy receiving group to ascend and an offense that you want to be on. So I thought this was the first pick of the draft that I said, wow, that's a great pick, and I'm envious of that. So A-plus, Eric. Um, okay, Drew. Drew comes in at 7 and takes A.J. Brown. There's a difference between being a homer and actually having faith in the Titans. And actually having faith in the Titans' passing game. And then mortgaging your dynasty team's future on that passing game. I think A.J. Brown was probably the most talented receiver to come out of the draft, which makes sense draft capital-wise, you know. Um, that would seem to be consensus. But I don't want any part of the Titans passing game, not with Mariota, not really with Tannehill either. Um, the Titans are just such a weird team to me. I, I almost very confident that they're going to make the playoffs this year. I am so bored watching them play football, but Vrabel is just such a good kind of like, he's one of those guys that he just views the game as blocking and tackling and his lines are good his defense is good. Um, they want to establish the run. I just don't see the value of a pass catcher on there, particularly in year one. The one thing I could say is that, you know, Drew's in a bit of a rebuild. And so if having his guy, you know, who could potentially be the franchise star stud receiver is your your motive there, I think that makes sense. Knowing that you, you would probably have taken him at three, moving down to seven was definitely the better move. But I, I wonder if he would have been there in the second round, honestly. Um, I think the pick here was Hawkinson. I think, um, I don't know, to me, the, 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 the potential, 
the ability, the probability of meeting that potential ceiling is a little clearer with Hawkinson. Uh, you're in rebuild mode, so you can withstand a year to a year and a half of um, you know lower production. Uh, and you know tight end that you have, uh, I can't even remember, but I don't think they're that good. But that's okay. So I give that one a C. That's my lowest so far. That's all right. Uh, now we're going on to eight, and there's T.J. Hawkinson off the board for Devin. Now, this is kind of counterintuitive because I just said that he should have won a pick earlier, but I'm giving this a B-. Devin just traded Michael Thomas, his best receiver, for Travis Kelsey. His starting receivers are Dante Pettis and Curtis Samuel. That's his one and two. That's bad. I think, um, you know, if Whiteside was available here or even a Paris Campbell— I think receiver was the move for Devin's team particularly. Now, I get his mindset is that Kelsey's a locked and loaded number one tight end for who knows how long, maybe the next three, four years. And by then, Hawkinson might be the two, right? You know, and then just in a matter of age, he'll continue to be top three for the next 10 years if he's what we expect him to be, which I, I think he could be. And you can flex both of those guys and they'll score like wide receivers and that's cool. Um, I just worry about the foundation of the team. I understand he'll basically have the market cornered, can maybe attract some value uh, in a needed trade later, but I think you're uh, relying a lot on guys that have some preseason hype to take the next step, but you know they're far from sure things. Uh, next pick, nine, uh, Nate took Daryl Henderson. And this he had to do. This was like something that almost everyone in their mock draft had uh, had picked. I mean, you have to take him there when you have Gurley. You just have to. Uh, just my my thing is, I I just don't see the value in him outside of a handcuff. I look at Malcolm Brown more as the uh, change of pace back, uh, the pass blocking back. I see Daryl Henderson as a sweep up guy. You know, last year there were all those games where, you know, Gurley is Gurley is still in there, and they're up 45 to 18, and he's running down the clock. I think that was a function of, Mal- uh, of Malcolm Brown being injured, but I just, I see that as where Daryl Henderson's going to fit in. And if Gurley's injury, I mean, Gurley's not dead. <laughs> like, I think it, early on in this season, in the preseason, we're acting like Gurley has died, or that he's, his leg has been amputated. Okay, he has a problem, and they worked him way too much last year. If they manage him properly, he could play a full season, which is great. I'm sure Nate would want that um, and have this pick be a waste rather than him be hurt and have Henderson have to come in. Uh, I just don't see the the value of him outside of a handcuff. I know Nate had to make that move, but legitimately, I got to give it a B just because I don't know if he's really a first-round pick. I think Nate, like if if the girly owner in, in a league was really confident that he was healthy and there was nothing to worry about. So he decided, I don't even want Henderson. He's not on my draft board. Let someone else pick him up. Between us, I'd say mid-second. You know, where, where Justice Hill went at, um, what was that, 14? Yeah, I mean, you'd have an argument there. But I'd say no earlier. So I got to give that a B. Last pick of the first round is Bill with Devin Singletary. This one I give an A. Um, you know... Bill's rolling with Mac as his top running back after he made some moves. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, now that Andrew Luck is retired, that's a pretty dangerous proposition. Although I will say the O-line is still uh, pretty good and is still solid. Um, 
if Jacoby Brissett can pose enough of a threat in passing, and T.Y. Hilton was actually decent with him in some games, he was actually startable, uh, then Mac might be all right. But the ceiling is the ceiling has just been knocked down a floor. We know that. Bill had to get a Bill had to get a running back here. I think Devin Singletary of any of the guys left on the board had the clearest path to ascending the depth chart on an offense. Um, you know, a lot like Justice Hill. You know, there might be some guys ahead of him, but um, I'd say you know Mark Ingram is a tougher barrier to pass than Lashawn McCoy at this point. Um, and on top of that, both those teams are run first. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson and and Josh Allen, both of their running backs. Uh, could could perform well. So I think that's a good pick. Okay, so we're going back to the second round. We open this up. Matt takes Daniel Jones. I give him an A. I mean, I, I really, I could clown him. I could make the David Gettleman comments. The fact that he he actually, there it, there's a dynasty team in America that took Eli Manning last year and said, Eli Manning's my guy, and then took Daniel Jones early the next year, just like the Giants, and that team is Matt's. But it's the right move. It's the right move. He's flashed in preseason, regardless of the level of defensive competition he's facing against. The big point here is that this was, even though some people thought he's a second rounder, maybe he's a day two guy, this is a guy that went six overall. Whether he's good or not, the Giants organization has invested in him. They need to give him an opportunity. They need to let him try to become a franchise guy, which is good. You're not rolling with someone that's expendable. So even if he comes out and it doesn't look good, it seems like he's starting to win over the city a little bit, and that is a team that is highly, highly influenced by the opinion of their fans and the writings of the media. So I think it's a great pick, and Matt needs quarterbacks. So it was obvious, obvious pick to me. So this comes back to me, uh, second pick in the second round, 12th overall. And I was in a tough spot here. I really wasn't in love with how the draft board had fallen and what my options were. Um, I know it's easy to say this in retrospect because that's who was taken at 12 and 13. But for me, the only guys left kind of in the top tier of things were Paris Campbell and Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Paris Campbell, I really liked. And I thought I would want. You know, when, when he went to the Colts, I was so psyched. Uh, especially having T.Y. Hilton, actually, because I looked at it like, hey, T.Y.'s getting up there in age. Uh, I get Paris Campbell. I'll get the next generation of Andrew Luck's receiver, top flight receiver. I mean, that would be amazing. But the Luck injury news had me skittish. And I was thinking that I can't have T.Y. and Paris on a team where there's a chance Luck isn't starting week one and that he could miss more games throughout the season. I just imagine one of those situations like in 2017 or I think in 20, uh, yeah, so 2017 was the year he didn't play a game at all. And I couldn't have two wide receivers in that same situation. If I didn't have TY, I probably would have pulled the trigger. Um, and as for Haskins, I love the guy. I really want him to succeed. But just in the way that my team is shaken out, I thought that I needed to focus more on running backs and wide receivers this year and uh, not worry so much about quarterbacks. So neither of those I was really feeling. So I'd offer the pickup. So I gave it to Nick. Um, so I he went up to two. I took his four and five um, in the second round, the five that he had got from Dave. Uh, it was actually a regular season trade last year. And so if you work out 
you know, what happened in all those rounds with all those picks. Essentially, I give Calvin Ridley and Tevin Coleman and Paris Campbell. And in return, I get Chris Godwin, Justice Hill, Jalen Samuels, Terry McLaurin, and a second-round pick next year. So from my standpoint, I think that's a win. Uh, I added depth. I kind of covered a lot of bases between running backs, wide receivers, both in uh, different situations, potentially ascending rookies, uh, guys who might get some opportunity. Uh, but then also, I think it was a I think it was a good move for for Nick as well because it brought him more guys that are in that kind of top twenty range, and that's a real problem with the players that Nick and Drew picked from. Was you know last year mostly everybody had good picks in the first three rounds, some better than others. It was really the mid-tier rounds where I think uh, values got kind of skewed, and that's where those teams are lacking. So I thought it was good, but I thought I won it. Um, as for the pick itself, taking Paris Campbell there, I'm giving it a B, not because of Andrew Luck's situation. I'm giving it a B because I think uh, one of Nick's problems was running back depth, and he had already addressed wide receiver in the first round. So if I were him, I would have been looking to get a running back there. So I got to give that a B because I think he was a little thin there. And Nikhil Harry was a nice addition to the wide receiving core. So I think he could have used a back. Uh, so the next pick, let's see here. Dwayne Haskins, Drew, third pick of the second round. I give this an A+. I mean, at that point, that's just great value. I think in a super flex league, um, I think he could have gone late first. Honestly, if 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 Bill or Nate or Devin weren't really confident or satisfied in their quarterbacks, I could have seen him going there, or or Daniel Jones for that matter. But you know, I at this point you're getting to the middle of the second round. He's still on the board. You take that every time. Uh, it's just a good move, especially for a team that's thin at quarterback. So that's my second A plus of the draft. Um, I also kind of wonder, speaking of that, you know, how this draft would have changed if we knew Andrew Luck was retiring. You know, I mean, if Nate knew he didn't have Andrew Luck, would he take Daryl Henderson at pick nine? Probably not. I think he would have taken Jones or Haskins. Would Billy have made a trade that gave away Aaron Jones, leaving him with Marlon Mack as his top running back? He might have, but maybe not. Would Nick have made a trade to jump up and get Paris Campbell? Probably not. Um, so all these things, it's really interesting. And it's funny because we were probably going to have the draft on Sunday, on Sunday afternoon. But um, Matt actually told us that, you know, he had soccer practice and he really wanted to be there. So he'd prefer if we could have it on Saturday. So I'm glad we were able to do that, you know, so he could be with us and, and join in on the fun. Okay, next pick in the draft, this comes back to me, the first of my two. So, I mean, I was looking here, I really wanted a running back. I thought the best available was Justice Hill. He was the guy, the only guy I saw that had a clear path to touches, really, really glowing reports out of training camp. And the Ravens just seem like a team that wants to run the ball, obviously. <laughs> I, think I, I think I said that, like that was some big revelation, as if everybody doesn't fucking say that about the Ravens, it's very obvious. Um but really, with Justice Hill, this doesn't seem like a team that commits to a running back. You know, it was Collins, and it's Gus Edwards, and it's all these other dudes I can't even remember kind of pop in and out. So I figured, why not? 
to me also the next kind of tier of guy if you're gonna go running back or wide receiver was Metcalf I was not that big on Metcalf I know that Dave and Devin are Metcalf cocksuckers and um, you know they memorize all of his measurements you know both seen and unseen Um, so I traded this to Devin I went back from five to what eight yeah and I got Jalen Samuels, which I was happy with. Uh, I give my Justice Hill pick a B minus. Um, the best guy there, I thought, but not too exciting of a pick. So then Devin comes in at DK Metcalf. I think it's a good pick based on what he's uh, valued at and what people seem to think of him. Because I think in some leagues he might have gone in the first. But just having to lose Jalen Samuels, uh, especially when James Conner has looked really good in the preseason, but we wonder kind of about his durability and what the split will look like in the backfield because Samuels has also looked very good, but he hasn't played as many snaps with the first team, obviously. Um, So just having to lose Jalen Samuels for that, I give it a B. Next pick, Eric Darwin Thompson. I give this one a B-. minus. I know early on people were thinking, oh, you know, Chiefs don't stick to one running back. He could supplant. Uh, Damian Williams. I just don't see it. He's really small. He's really small. He's like Tariq Cohen size. I think maybe is an inch on him, but he's small. He's kind of a gadget guy. I see him getting involved in 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 pass work and and screenplays. And I mean, if those are valuable from anyone, they're value from Pat. They're valuable from Pat Mahomes. There's no doubting that. But is he really going to supplant Damian Williams? I don't think so. I think they'll give Damian Williams this year. Next year seems to be a little deeper. Uh, draft class for running backs, and I imagine that's when they'll try to get their guy. Uh, so B minus on that one. Next pick was mine, Terry McLaurin. Uh, this one was a really tough one for me because I felt like <laughs> I really felt like there were three guys that were left in kind of the desirable wide receiver tier that I was looking at, and that was Terry, that was Debo Samuel, and that was McCole Hardman. I wasn't surprised to see those three guys go off immediately after. Um, in my mind, I was kind of saying that Debo Samuel was probably the more the most talented of them maybe not the most talented but I'd say might have the highest ceiling or the highest potential uh, especially on that offense as opposed to the Redskins which are kind of a mess always Um, but my heart told me if Debo Samuel goes off and becomes a thing you'll be happy obviously but if Terry McLaurin does it catching balls from Dwayne Haskins you'll be over the moon so I had to do it but for drafting based off emotion and not based on fact, I give myself a C. So Nate comes in, swoops Debo Samuel. I give that an A. I thought he had the most upside of any wide receiver left on the board, and that's why I just traded for him today. So I give myself that A. Nice job. Okay, that's the end of the second round. Uh, so kind of just going to scroll through these really quick because these aren't as interesting. Um, you know, Matt takes me Cole Hardman. I like that one. I'll give the pick a B minus, though. I already gave Matt some good props today. I just kind of see him as a handcuff to Tyreek. You know, they have a very similar skill set. Felt like they were drafting him just in case Tyreek, you know, some of his uh, stuff off the field catches up to him. And if that happens, I mean, he's (laughs) worth a lot. Um, But even if he can kind of supplant Sammy Watkins, you know, he'll still be behind Tyreek and Travis Kelsey in receptions, maybe even Damian Williams, or at least the combination of the backs will have more catches than him. So I don't see him as super valuable. I kind of see him as more valuable to the Tyreek owner. 
because um, you get both parts of the offense, and if anything happens to Tyreek, you've got your guy. Um, I went Alexander Madison. Thought he's a good insurance policy against Dalvin Cook. Um, next pick, Drew goes Noah Fant. I think Madison would have been a nice pick if I didn't take him here because he just traded for Dalvin Cook. You know, no, no problem with having more uh, running back depth on that team. Um, but I guess getting a young tight end is a good move, you know, if you're in rebuild mode. Could be some potential there. Uh, next pick, Nick took Andy Isabella. I, again, this is three. This is three receivers in a row. There really weren't any valuable running backs left, but I think that just kind of speaks more to the previous picks that a running back probably should have been invited into the mix at that point. Uh, so Dave goes Drew Locke. Kind of surprised because he's got Pat Mahomes and Matt Ryan, but I guess in a super flex, might as well shoot your shot. There's not too much. Uh, too much guys here that really are sure things. They all sort of are crap shoots, so that makes sense to me. Uh, Eric goes with Marquise Brown then. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got more talent than anybody left on the board by far, but uh, you can't really get that excited about the passing game in Baltimore just yet. And I think at least for this year, Mark Andrews catches more balls than he does. Um, Bob, in his first pick of the draft, and I had to go down this far with some descriptions so I could give Bob a, a shout-out and a grade. Um, he takes the first free agent off the board in Dante Moncrief. I like that a lot. Um, if I had another pick in that round, I, I was getting to the point where I was definitely considering that. To me, he's the clear number two receiving option in Pittsburgh, at least for this year, if we can see anything come out of James Washington or Deontay Johnson. Um, or they can all be great, which would be great. But I give that an A. That was a, that was a good pick. Um, Devin takes Deontay Johnson, total homer move, complete spineless fucking fool. No, actually, I like that pick. Um, Matt then in the next round goes Tony Pollard. Clearly a shot at me. Clearly. And it's pathetic and it's sad. <laughs> I can't. You're, you're sad. Yeah, I don't care. No, I really don't care. So I don't know why. Why are we even talking about it? Shut up. Um, no, so I don't care because Zeke's getting a deal done. And if he gets a deal done, you just fucking wasted a pick. When you could have had who I took next. Mark Andrews, top tight end in the league this year. I think he's a top 10 guy. I really do. I think uh, Lamar Jackson, they're going to try to make him throw the ball more. Mark Andrews has some nice, soft hands. They're going to be going right into those palms, baby. So then we just get into kind of all the flyer picks. Drew takes Jalen Hurd. Nick takes Bryce Love. Uh, Dave takes Riley Ridley. Clearly still sore about losing Calvin Ridley. Eric takes Irv Smith Jr. I like that. I think Rudolph is kind of seeing the sunset here pretty soon. Uh, so I think, you know, a, a starting tight end on the Vikings with uh, Kirk Cousins' history with Jordan Reed, although, you know, he's kind of a tier above. I think Irv Smith is a good pick. Um, Matt takes Jacoby Myers, complete homer, uh, spineless scum. Drew goes Renfro. Nick goes Boykin. Oh, this isn't even interesting. Let's just skip around. Dave, Nick goes Will Greer in the compensation round. I think that's a good pick with Cam's foot in question. Uh, even if he gets one start, might be worth something. Um, Dave goes Jarrett Stidham. So that's kind of surprising, taking another quarterback. But it's not surprising when you realize that Jarrett Stidham plays for the Pats. He's been lighting it up in camp and in preseason. And, yeah, Dave's a Pats cocksucker. Uh Eric takes Benny Snell, total total homer, loser pick. Bob takes Gary Jennings. Devin takes Quincy Inunua, sure. Nate takes Quell Armstead. Bill takes Preston Williams. Yeah. So, 
I think it was a pretty solid draft. Uh, you know, just to recap what everybody did. So Bill took Singletary, Damian Harris, Preston Williams. Bob took Moncrief, Gary Jennings. I took Miles Sanders, Justice Hill, Terry McLaurin, Alexander Madison, and Mark Andrews. Dave took Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Drew Locke, Riley Ridley, Hakeem Butler, Jarrett Stidham. Devin takes Hawkinson, Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, and Quincy Anunwa. Drew takes A.J. Brown, Dwayne Haskins, Noah Fant, Jalen Hurd, Hunter Renfro, Mike Weber, Travion Williams. Eric takes J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Darwin Thompson, Marquise Brown, Irv Smith Jr., Benny Snell Jr., Matt takes Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Miko Hardman, Tony Pollard, Jacoby Myers, Jay Sternberger. Nate takes Daryl Henderson, Debo Samuel, and Raquel Armstead. And Nick goes Nikhil Harry, Paris Campbell, Andy Isabella, Bryce Love, Miles Boykin, and Will Greer. Well, boy, gee whiz, wasn't that a lot of fun. So, folks, who do you think won our little rookie draft? <laughs> See, it's simply not for me to decide. I give out the information, and you get to pick. No, it was me. Well, I had a hell of a time today, and I hope that you did too. More importantly, I'm looking forward to this year, and I'm particularly looking forward to spending an hour in between your ears every week. And when I'm not in between your ears, I hope I'm in your thoughts. May your Dynasty League live forever, until we die, until everyone dies. Until then, see you next time.